Good morning, Nachum. Good Erev Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Vayetze. Parshas Vayetze is a very jam-packed Parsha, whereby Yaakov Avinu leaves his home and come on 20 years later, when the Parsha is over, he has Baruch Hashem fathered 11 sons, one daughter, and we have the establishment of the Jewish family and the prelude to the Jewish nation. I'd like to, first of all, begin by pointing out that there are 148 psukim in Parshas Vayetze. I have to tell you, it is stuma, as you will Read Kriyasa Torah tomorrow. Follow along and see that there's not a single break in the 148 psukim. It's one long paragraph. If you were to hand this in to your professor, he would say the content is excellent. But somehow he would take off and say, my goodness, punctuation, where are the paragraphs? And there are so many different breaks in the action going from Yaakov and his majestic dream of the ladder and the angels ascending and descending and getting to love one's house and love Yaakov being tricked and the children. It, there are so many different opportunities for the Torah to have had Psuchos, stumos, which means many paragraphs, yet it is sosum. I'm just going to suggest one explanation that I saw years ago by the Gera Rebbe, and that is that at this time, when Parshas Vayese begins, there are only three Jews in the entire world. There's Yitzchak, there's Rivka, and there's Yaakov. When one-third of the world Jewish population has to leave the land of Israel, the Torah itself reflects itself by being sosum, constricted, saddened. And interestingly, that's one of the reasons why we fast on Som Gedalia. Gedalia was the Jewish governor that was placed over the land of Israel after the destruction of the first temple by the Babylonians. And when Gedaliah was assassinated, the many, many thousands of Jews were exiled. And when Jews are exiled from their land, we fast. Now, I'd like to point out that among the many themes that you have in Parshas Vayetze is the incredible work ethic of Yaakov Avinu. Now, I've mentioned many times, and I'll introduce this idea with the thesis of Rav Shimshon Lefal Hirsch, Sechrono Levracha, who points out that the Torah very often teaches in the extreme. There is no verse in the Torah that says if a person should die 
they are to be buried. No, it doesn't say that. It says, if a criminal is hung, you are not to leave his body on the tree overnight, but rather, bury that individual on that very day. If we have to bury a criminal, all the more so a upright and good-standing citizen. Here, too, the Torah teaches of the incredible work ethic of Yaakov Avinu. We find at the end of the parasha, when Yaakov becomes successful, and what happens? Lavan is now most resentful of Yaakov, and Yaakov has a dream from Hashem, and the Maloch says to him, Yaakov, enough dreaming about sheep. It's time for you to go back home to Eretz Canaan slash Eretz Yisrael. So Yaakov calls Rachel and Leah to the field, and he has a powwow with them, and he tells them about God's communication to him in the dream. But prior to that, he unloads to his wives and tells them how challenging, or a better word, how miserable it has been for him to work for their father, Lavan. And as he says himself to Lavan at the end of the parsha, Lavan changed the conditions of employment no less than 100 times. He is Lavan the Arami. And still, what do we find by Yaakov? Yaakov says, <clears throat> to his two wives, I worked for your father with all my strength. Amazing. He doesn't say, well, because Lavan took complete and total advantage of him, I will do likewise. I'll come late, I'll leave early. Just the opposite. The Torah tells us that later on in the parsha, when Lavan catches up, with Yaakov, and what does he say? He says very clearly, listen to these powerful words of um, Yaakov to his father-in-law. 20 years I've been with you. Your ewes, male goats, she-goats, never miscarried, nor did I eat rams of your flock. That which was mangled, I never brought you. I myself would bear the loss. From me you would exact it, whether it was stolen by day, stolen by night. This is how I was. By day, scorching heat consumed me, and frost by night. My sleep drifted from my eyes. This is the way Yaakov worked on behalf of Lavan. And I'm going to read to you now the Rambam, at the end of Hilchos Sechirus. It is a most powerful Rambam, and the Rambam reads as follows. This is Hilchos Sechirus, chapter 13, uh, paragraph 7. 
Kiderech, just as Shemuzar Balabayis, the employer, is warned by the Torah, Shloyigzo Schar Oni Vloyakvenu, not to God forbid steal of the wages of the worker, nor to withhold them. Kach so too, Heoni, the worker, Muzar, is warned, Shloyigzo Moleches Balabayis, he's not to steal from the work due to the employer, have a coffee break every half hour or every hour, and basically um, too much of the day is going to be spent cheating from the boss with a small b, but rather, he is to be very careful with himself regarding the time, the time that he owes to the balabayas, to the employer. Now listen to this. You know what it means to be proud to be a Jew? Listen to this Rambam. The Gemara in Brachos tells us that Birkas HaMazon, that we're all familiar with, the benching, consists of four blessings. The first three are biblical, and the fourth one is rabbinic. The Gemara tells us that from the letter of the law, and there was a time when the workers who are entitled to eat lunch, and they're entitled to bench, but to use that Yiddish expression, afyenim's plates, which means it's easy to take, take advantage of the next one. So listen carefully. What's happening over here? The Talmud says that, and we're talking about a worker who's not being paid piecemeal. Then you can take as long as you want. You don't produce, you don't get paid. But we're talking about a worker that's being paid from the hours and therefore his time belongs to the employer. Listen carefully. The Talmud says that the worker should only say the first three blessings of the Birkas HaMazom. And the fourth blessing, which is Bonei Yerushalayim, I'm sorry, the fourth blessing, which is Atova Mitiv, that bracha he should not say. Not amazing. Listen carefully. Sfardim have a practice that when they say, a series of brachos, they say amen after their own bracha. Ashkenazim do not. There's only one exception to that rule. So tonight, when we have to bench, and you come to this part of the benching, pause for one moment. The end of the third bracha, Uvenei Yerushalayim, Baruchato Hashem, Bonei Baruch what's the next word? Everybody knows amen. Why are we saying amen? So number one, this is the demarcation. We have now left the three biblical. We're now about to recite the rabbinic blessing that they composed regarding <coughs> the uh, dead of Betar. Listen carefully now. We therefore say amen to show it's the end of the series of biblical blessings. The Talmud says, do you know why they said amen? Bonei Barach amen, go back to work. That's what it means. It was a call to the workers. Go back to work. You finished. You can't even... How long does it take? Halavai, you took two, three minutes. Halavai. 
Halavai, our entire Birkas Amazon should take three minutes. Listen carefully now. But still, why? And the Rambam quotes it again. Says the Rambam, We are obligated to serve our employer with all our strength and ability. Note how the Rambam calls Yaakov, and in what context? Yaakov at Sadiq, Yaakov the righteous one. He doesn't call him a chassid. Oh, Yaakov went. No, don't get me wrong. Anybody listening might say to themselves, well, me, I'm a tzaddik. Yes, each and every one of us has that capacity, and forgive me, obligation to be the tzaddik. As indeed Yaakov was. And Lefichach, listen to this. Notal schar zos. Yaakov was repaid for his incredible, meticulous work ethic. Af polam Not just a very handsome, appropriate reward in the world to come, but even in this world, as it says. Earlier in this week's parsha, Ma'od Ma'od, Yaakov became exceedingly wealthy. Chapter thirty, pasuk forty-three. Again, the Rambam attributes this for his incredible work ethic. So, just as we find in the realm of tzedakah, and the Orach Hashulchan brings this in Hilchos Tzedakah, Simon Reish Mem Zayin, and paragraph Vav, and he says very simply that it's been tested, and the Gemara in Tanis Taftes Amad Aleph teaches to quote the Pasuk from Malachai, Uvachanuni no Bezos. When it comes to the mitzvah of Tzedakah, you can say to Hashem, take note, I am giving charity, please, I could use a little bit of a raise in my allowance from you as well. You can't do that when you put, took off your tefillin this morning. Hashem, were you listening? Were you watching? Did you see me put... No. And tomorrow night when you make Abdullah, you don't say, Hashem, uh, did you notice that... No. But in the area of Tzedakah, you can. And in the area of Tzedakah, Aseir, Te'aseir, Aseir, says the Gemara, Shetisasher. Here too, says the Rambam, you're honest in business. So... Let's conclude with the delicious Gemara in Yuma, Pevav, 86a, on the familiar, the Yohavta Ace Hashem Elokecha. You are to love God, the first paragraph of the Shema. So what does that mean, to love God? So the Gemara says very powerfully that what does it include? Number one, that not only should you love God, but others should come to love God through you. How so? Sheyehei maso'o umastono be'emuna. That your work ethic should be, you should be honest in your business dealings. And if so, what do people say? Whoa, look what a beautiful person that is. Nothing less than a Kiddush Hashem. And so, be aware, the Gemara in Shabbos 31a tells us that there are six questions waiting for us upstairs 
after 120 years. And the first question they're going to ask, amazing. Do you know what it is to have the questions in advance? The very first question, were you honest in your business dealings? Wow, this is such an incredible concept. Who wouldn't be thankful, right? Ask any student. Well, if you have the questions of the exam in advance. And that's exactly what the Torah is teaching us. The first question they're going to ask is, were you honest? And Baruch Hashem, that's why we have the privilege reading each year of the exactitude of Yaakov Avinu, that even though he was taken advantage thereof, and he had all the reasons and all the excuses to reciprocate with dishonesty, still, he's Yaakov Hatzadik, and that, please God, should be our hero and the one for us to emulate as well. Shabbat Shalom to all.